Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. I'm your host, Whitney Baker. Before we get into today's show, I have a question for the moms in my audience. With the hustle and the bustle that the holiday season can bring, wouldn't it feel good to know you have some expansive space earmarked to nurture your own needs in the new year? My signature Season to Shift Mastermind starts on January 25th. It's a six-week program created specifically for moms who are ready to reclaim their identity outside their work and motherhood roles. Oftentimes, the women I work with feel called to do more with their lives and crave a sense of wanting to just live with so much more intention, but they're not sure where to start. Here's what you would have to look forward to if you're interested in investing in yourself and joining an amazing community of women. So each week we'd have an hour-long call. It's a super inviting and playful environment for you to reconnect to yourself. We do a lot of guided visualization work, writing exercises, and have super meaningful group discussions. And then each week there's a weekly assignment to help you kind of integrate these discoveries that you have during the call. And also accountability from a group of super supportive, like-minded women who are also ready to experience some personal transformation. This program was developed because many years ago, I went through my own liminal space where I felt like I'd shut the door on a big part of my identity, but I just felt stuck and stagnant. Like I knew there was more out there for me and I had so much more to give, but I just could not get myself to move forward. I don't want other moms to suffer in the same way. If you're interested, visit my website. It's myelectricideas.com backslash mastermind backslash for all the details or you're welcome to email me at Whitney at myelectricideas.com with any questions. Okay, on to the show. Our guest today is Monica Packer. Monica says life is too short to be hellbent on perfection or lost in procrastination, but our souls crave progress. Monica created her About Progress community to help guide women through coaching and her podcasts to do exactly this, to adopt progress over perfection. She's been at this for a long time, and one of the topics she's known really well for is habit formation, so I know you're going to love this conversation. Let's get into it. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. I'm so excited to chat because we all know the new year is looming, and it's this time when we're all thinking about habits and maybe even some changes we want to invite in. Let's start here. Why is it so hard for women to create habits that stick? So I have like an hour long answer to that question. (laughs) So what I'm going to give you is a nutshell version. And I want to start by first saying that if you are a person listening and you're thinking, oh crap, (laughs) like (laughs) I have to do this again, or it just feels looming and daunting. And you have all these icky feelings about the new year and the pressure of starting anew, I hear you and I'm going to be speaking to you. And also if you love the new year and you're like a January joiner every January, 
I'm also speaking to you because that excitement is so wonderful, but the problem with it is it's fleeting. And so I know regardless of where you are, you'll likely soon come to a place where you feel like, well, gosh, I'm just not a habit person because I couldn't stick to it. I wasn't able to do what I said I was going to do and the way I was going to do it. And so I'm not a habit person and I just fail at these things. And been there, done that (laughs) across the board. That is 100% my history across that spectrum. And it's actually the story of every woman I've talked to, to some capacity. There might be some areas of their lives where they're like, I've got the habits. Like I've got those down. I can show up. I can show up for my, my family. I can show up for my work. I can show up for my community and the habits I need to be doing a good job for those responsibilities. But I also, there's always going to be one area, right? Or several where you're like, I'm just not showing up. And you do not have the history that helps you have confidence in yourself that you can form habits in that area. For me personally, that was having my own supportive habits. I was a straight arrow, totally stereotypical perfectionist the first 20 years of my life. And then I crashed and burned. And then I was the underachieving perfectionist for 10 years where I stayed on the sidelines of my life. And it was because I thought the only way to change, including installing habits in my life was through an all or nothing model. And I had paid such a steep price for that all or nothing model. When I hurt, you know, hit my early twenties and crashed and burned. I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. But then, you know, I found out I was still crashing and burning, not being supported in myself, not knowing myself, not having the stable day-to-day habits that also supported that too. And I had to learn a new way. So let's start with that. Okay. I want to jump in real quick. Cause I sure. feel like I want to make, cause that was, that already okay. had some goodies in there and you haven't even, you know, got all <laughs> of this amazing things I know you're about to share, but I hadn't thought about it that way. And I really liked how you compared the January joiner. Yeah. But there are a lot of women in the audience that, and, and I hope we, we address this, that I feel like that a year end can bring this feeling of less than oh, like, sure. I didn't get enough done, almost regret and anxiety. Like, oh my gosh. And yeah. so I love that you're acknowledging this spectrum of how we're even approaching habits. And I also like that distinction. I just want to echo it back to you. Cause I think it's important for listeners. Let me see if I got this right. You're kind of in like perfectionist mode and you finally kind of unraveled from that in a mm-hmm. way you thought was a good way, but it seems like you went almost too far the other way where you were, yeah. okay, I'm going to, now I'm, I'm good at doing nothing. I've, I'm over that life. Is that fair? And guess what that is though? That's still perfectionism. Uh, interesting. And that's what I did not know for those 10 years. So for those 10 years that I stayed on the sidelines because of fear of failure, I didn't realize I was still a perfectionist. And in fact, the most common kind mm. is someone who does not do things out of fear of failure. And you're not showing up for yourself at all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I w- let's bring you back to where, where I sure. had to interrupt there. Cause that, so <laughs> that's the stage is set. So back to why with this in our backdrop, why it's hard for women to create habits that stick. Mm-hmm. Okay. One is that history. Okay. We all have a habit story and that sounds really dramatic when I say it that way. <laughs> But really, it's just something as simple as what's your history with habit formation? 
especially considering the area where you feel the most inadequate in, in terms of habits. And what does that have to do with your failure with habits? Now with this, this is the bigger piece to the puzzle. Why women fail at habits. We blame ourselves when really we need to be blaming the methods. We don't know that it's not us that's broken. It's the habit formation methods that we've been taught. They are not designed for us. (laughs) They're not designed for the lives that we lead. And that's when I like have the full hour long answer. And I have a free class about that, that I'll, I'll share about later. But when I share this, I want to be really clear. A lot of women, when they hear me say like women must do habits differently, they feel like, well, that's not very woman empowered speech. Like we can do it. We can do anything a man can do. And believe me, I believe that I 100% do, but there are mountains and decades of research that show that right now, especially our generation of women are living with the consequences of being raised and being told we can do anything, but also being in, in real life, realistic settings where we cannot, we're not being equipped. We're being set up to fail. Okay. And with that, there's an amazing book called Invisible Women. And it's by Caroline Criado Perez. I had to close my eyes to make sure I had (laughs) that right. But, oh my gosh, it's such a fascinating read and also will make you so angry because what she does is she, she's an incredible researcher and she shares the research behind how even medicine has primarily only been tested on men. Like our, our bodies are different than men. Medicine's going to interact differently with our bodies and they are men but it goes across everything, everything. It's the same with habit formation. The methods that we've been given are not made for us. They are setting us up for failure. And I can absolutely break that down for you in whatever way you'd like and however deep you'd like to go with that. But let's start with those two things. Those factors are why women struggle to create habits that stick. They have a story that created this identity in themselves of failing at habits in at least one area of their life that matters to them but they've also been neglecting throughout this story, the fact that they have been set up to fail with that, with the methods they've been given. Can you give us an example of a habit formation strategy for lack of a better word that maybe feels universal, but isn't something that you feel like really actually supports women where they need it? Yeah. But I'm going to do that by asking you a question. This is not a test. So you won't, <laughs> you won't I'm nervous. Like this, okay. <laughs> All right. The question is, Whitney, are you ready? How many days does it take to form a habit? 21. Okay. Every time I ask someone, every time I get a number, no matter what, there's a number. It's usually 21, 28, or sometimes 100 days. So we all have that in our head. But what that number is dependent on is consistency. Now let's break down what this consistency looks like and the way it's been taught. That consistency is for 21, 28, 100 days, you do the habit you want every single one of those days in a row. That method alone is reliant on a very predictable schedule. It's very rigid. It's extremely all or nothing. And it also starts with the ideal version of the habit. So a lot of women are actually starting with routines instead of habits because they think, well, so what I'm going to do for the next 21 days is I'm going to have my new morning routine. And they even might think it sounds simple. Like I'll wake up just a half an hour earlier. 
I'll do some yoga stretching. I'll do um, yoga stretching. <laughs> I'll do some yoga or stretching. There we go. I'll, I'll meditate and I'll write in my journal. It'll only take 30 minutes. I got this. But five days in, a kid is sick. Five days in, their period starts. So five days in, they're in charge of our work party. Why do women plan all the work parties? You know, it's like except things happen where maybe they only have 10 minutes or fewer. And because they can't hit that ideal target exactly how it's supposed to be every day of that 21, 28, 100 days, they don't have the quote unquote consistency they need to form a habit. And they, again, quote unquote fail. And I'm going to do my best to not do quote unquote the rest of our interview. But that alone is one of the biggest examples of how we're set up to fail. There is another way though. So we can talk about that too, but let's just start there. Like how many of us have fallen for that, right? And what, what does the research show about how having a, you know, I'm going to say a setback, you know, you you know, like, okay, I've got this new habit. I'm going to do something every day. And then you miss it. Are Mm -hmm. women more likely to just throw in the towel then, or tell me about that? Well, it's a good question to ask because legitimately that's half of the, well, maybe even more than half of the problem with the habit formation methods. And like the research they do about it is even the research, what are they called? Like not counterparts, but the people that are actually researching are men. Mm -hmm. So I don't like have a scientific, like I can give you a 100% fact backed answer on that. But based off of the hundreds of women that I've coached and, you know, that I've worked with over my six years of coaching and podcasting, the answer is, yeah, they just blame themselves and stop when really it's this definition of consistency is wrong. Habits still do live and die by consistency, but for women, we must do habits differently, which means consistency is different, not because we're weak, but because we're not robots because of the circumstances and the social constructs that we are in that demand that we do things differently until bigger things can change over time. That really resonates with me because it's kind of like consistency with grace. Yeah. And you know, that's not really taught. Like I've read all those New York time bestseller books on habit formation. I was so, so I said, I was not a habit person. I believe me. I wasn't, I had no plans to get into habit formation. My podcast, we, we talk about habits, but it's not primarily like the only thing we talk about, but I am still like, now I'm like a habit expert. And I'll tell you why it's because of this transition I made of reading those books and them not working for me. And at first being tempted to blame myself, but then because I was working with a lot of clients And we were trying to employ these habit methods, not because I set out to, but because our work on their identity and knowing who they were and our work on them finding more fulfillment in their lives, it was impossible for us to make those things a reality in their lives without having habits that helped support that identity and that fulfillment. So we were trying to just employ these most up-to-date methods. And I was shocked because every woman I worked with across the board, whether they had children in the home or didn't, whether they worked outside of the home or didn't, women who were in their early 20s, women to their late 60s, they failed at these habit formation methods. And it showed us that it wasn't them that were broken. It was the methods. So this is not just like all about my own personal experience, but mm-hmm. it started with that. So I am hearing that two things that don't work are being unrealistically rigid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also just 
yeah, this I'm, I'm like, I want to talk more because it's like being realistic, but not letting us off the hook. I love how you're centralizing this to the reality of women's lives that we Mm -hmm. get interrupted all the time. Cause that conversation is missing. I mean, a few weeks ago, I had an unexpected kid homesick for five days, but that type of stuff happens all the time. So all the time. I don't know a single here. woman with a consistent schedule. And I even mean that for my retired clients who don't have kids in the home. They still don't have a consistent schedule. And it's not just because they're retired. Do you want to talk more about consistency then about what it does look like? Cause you're right. Yeah. It is about having grace, but it's also not about being like, the underachieving perfectionist I was for 10 years and just saying, why even try? Yes. I definitely want to get into it all. I want to hear because you've worked with so many women and set up systems that have felt consistent, but also realistic and supportive. So what does work? Mm -hmm. Let's start by redefining two things. One is what consistency is and what that looks like. And the second to this is what habits are. (laughs) And that might be like, what? but bear with me. We'll get to that one. Let's start with consistency. As I said earlier, habits do still live and die by consistency, but it's not in the way we've been taught. So here is what my definition of consistency is. Being consistent looks like doing your best most of the time over time. Now, a lot of us think that consistency and flexibility do not work together. And the opposite is true. You cannot be consistent without being flexible. And when I broke down that that definition for you, doing your best most of the time over time, your best is allowed to change. It's allowed to change day to day. Often it's allowed to change season to season, even season of life kind of season. And when I say most of the time, especially in the beginning of habit formation, we're thinking about like six out of 10 days you know, and eventually you have even more consistency over time. And that over time piece is important too, because a big part of this is time and building off of what I will teach you about with uh, baseline habits. So let's go back to doing your best and how do you make that flexible? Cause when I used to think of like, do your best, I would think, oh yeah, like that means do it perfect or give it your all, like go 100, you know, 10%. No, like I'm saying realistic, what's your best that you can do today? Earlier, we talked about how the other methods we've learned about habit formation, their consistency was like, you start with the ideal habit and that's like a best of day kind of habit. So what you really want to start with is having a worst of day version, which I call a baseline. And this is the smallest and simplest version of your ideal habit that you can do on your worst of days. And it needs to be laughably small, especially in the beginning. And that's where you start. So an example of this is let's say that morning routine that we talked about earlier, it was like a three-step routine. Didn't sound very intense, but it was still because on a worst of day, when any of those obstacles happen that we brought up, that's not going to be possible. 30 minutes will be like comparative to like a three-hour routine. So instead, what you want to think about is how do I actually want to feel in the morning? And which step of that routine will help create that feeling starting now. And with that step, how can I have the smallest and simplest version of that? So for you, maybe it's journaling. And instead of you thinking that means I need to write even a page in my journal, the smallest and simplest version of that is I need to write one line in my journal 
That's my baseline. On my worst of day, I can always write one line. And it might sound like you are you are making it so you're like, oh, like pat on the head, you know, that's like nothing. But this is where the research does kick in. Having a consistent baseline is what helps you actually build up faster and more sustainably to your bigger ideal than starting with the ideal. I'm really, really on board with this shift and loving it. And I love the morning. I'll, I'll throw myself in the ring as a perfect example. I have built up my morning routine and it's, it is, it's actually like really on point with your example. It's like meditation and journaling and getting up before the kids. But I had one day in the past week, for example, where my husband turned off my alarm before it it just is, he never does that. I don't know why he did that. And I just didn't get up. Yeah. And I was like, crap, you know, I hate Mm -hmm. that feeling, but I decided that before I got my kids up, I still was just going to sit down and just have three minutes. You know, it's not my normal. And just, I, I, you're the, what you're saying is like really speaking to me because it just felt still like, it's okay. It's okay. I can do something small, but it still felt like I was living out my you know, my truth and like showing up for myself, even if it was this like tiny way, you know, it still created the feelings that you needed from even that huger, uh, bigger morning routine. And what it also does is it rewrites the habit story that you used to have. So not only do you have the consistency you actually need to build a habit and to have it always there, no matter what, it's always there, those baselines, but you also have a new level of confidence in yourself that you can do the things you say you're going to do, that you can support yourself. And that actually is the other thing we need to talk about as redefining habits. We'll get there. But I want to say one more thing though, about the baseline that is so powerful because it takes a lot of courage to start small. And a lot of women are going to just want to skip right over that. I'm going to challenge you to have the courage to do the smallest of things. Because what's so amazing about the baseline is not only does it create the consistency and the foundation you need to build, like I said, faster and more sustainably, like you're going to get the bigger habit more often and in ways that are require less energy for you because it's more of a habit than if you started with that ideal. What also is so cool about these baselines is that your highs get higher, you know, your ideals get better, but your, your lows get higher too. So your baseline will grow what you can do on your worst of day will grow too over time. You can always come back to that first baseline in different seasons. Like when I was basically bedridden with morning sickness for four months this summer, I went back to my original baselines, but because I had those baselines of those habits that were the most supportive for me, when I began to start feeling better, my baselines grew pretty quickly back to the the ones they were at before I got pregnant. So don't underestimate the power in starting small. I love this too, because oftentimes as women, it can just be unnerving when you feel like you have a vision and you want to show up for yourself, but there's always things, you know, like you said, planning the party or a loss or something. I think that life never just stands still. Right. And I think it's really actually empowering just to have this like seemingly small, but more consistent, like, okay, no matter what, I can still do this small thing for myself and feel like today I'm doing something for myself and kind of anchoring Mm -hmm. myself. Yes. I really love that. And I also love this idea of the baseline because I think, you know, as we approach the new year, so many people are like 
setting very lofty goals. And I'm all about like, go for it, go, you know, reach big. But this just seems like if you're building that consistency muscle and then actually showing up, it almost seems like it'll be a fun celebration when you blow yeah. out a little water. And that's such a good feeling. Like, oh man, I went way past my baseline today. Yay. You know, it's more versus like being on the other side of things where you're like, oh, I didn't do much today. You know, it just, it's really yes. a mindset shift, right? It is. And what's also cool though, it's like also like science backed. So a lot of what, why we fail at habits is because they're too reliant on motivation even the ideal version of the habits, if you think they're still simple enough, they will likely require more energy than you are used to doing at that time of day. And that's what motivation is. Motivation is just energy. So we can't rely on it. We don't have a bank of like a limitless motivation. Our, our amount of motivation can grow. Like there is science on that, right? But what these baselines do is that they help you not rely on motivation. They help you create momentum. And that's where the science kicks in. Momentum just takes a teeny bit of energy to start and it builds. So like you can ride this momentum wave because you had a baseline. So you can say, I only have to write one line. And then you're writing one line. You're like, I can write two. And that's the momentum wave. And you've done a little more and it just feels so good. Mm -hmm. And now you have that confidence and know-how to keep going. Love it. Okay. So we got into that a little bit. You also, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you told me that another piece of this was that we need to actually redefine habits. Are we coming? Let's come back to that. (laughs) Thank you for being such a good listener because clearly, like, I could talk about all this stuff and go off in so many directions. So, yes, so we redefine consistency. Let's redefine what habits are. I think a lot of us think habits are metrics of success, they are prescriptions that we need to match in order to be a good fill in the blank. Like in order to be a good school teacher, these are the habits I have in order to be a good mom, in order to be a good person, you know, and here are the habits. Like I have to be an early bird. I have to be like, you you have, you know what these look like. If I ask you what's good at exercising, we all know we have a version of this, of what that looks like a prescription. Like this is what it looks like to have a habit of exercise. We need to fix how we're looking at habits. They are not balls and chains that we need to drag around to prove our existence and our value and our roles and our responsibilities that we are doing a good enough job in those things. They're not balls and chains. The only thing habits are for are to be there to support us. That means habits are designed to be subjective to my life, not yours, to my wants, my needs. They also will be designed to be seasonal Like what's actually happening and realistic in my life right now. Like I might want that ideal, but is that going to work for me? And I know, cause I'm going to have a newborn in January that that's something I'm going to be face to face with, right. Is being like, okay, seasonally, what are habits that can support me? And the final one is habits are flexible, which we already talked a bunch about. And that alone is a huge shift for women to be able to view habits differently and what they are and what they're for will help you better form them because you have the license to make them fit you and your life, which is a whole lot different than dragging around those balls and chains. Yes. So tell us more. Do you have a process for actually thinking about, cause I love how yeah. you were saying this habit supporting us and it, it really uh-huh. is ringing true for me. Tell me about seasonally, what's a process someone might go through to kind of evaluate what habits they want to prioritize or how many habits Mm -hmm. they can focus on at once. Just, 
Do you have a little bit of a, a routine or structure that women could lean into there? So what I actually would do with women is first start with back to where we began this, this uh, conversation is before they even work on us, you know, seasonally and trying to get, almost like have a, an audit of like, what's going to be happening this season. What do I want to do? Let, we actually need to start with your habit story. And I know that will seem so like, Oh, I don't want to do that. But if you haven't done that work yet, and if you haven't learned how to do habits differently yet, then having like a process to come into a season won't be as helpful for you. So that's where I, I have a course called the sticky habit method. And that's what I help walk them through. But now let's say you've done that. Like you've worked on your habit story, you've redefined habits, you've identified, you know, what's going on. And now you're like, I'm ready to actually get started. Mm -hmm. You do still cast a vision. You cast a vision of where you want to be with a very specific time of day that you want to focus it on. We're not doing all day habits in the beginning. I mean, you can, that can be part of casting a vision of saying, ideally, this is the best kind of day that will help support me in this season. And you cast a vision of that. Then what you need to do is you break it down. And this is where I would actually tell women to start with the feelings they want during a certain time of day of the ideal version. And for women, we need to work on controlling the controllables, which for us is largely the bookends of our days, the mornings and the nights. I told you I've transitioned to now being a total habit person. If you saw my life though, you would not see a regimented robot. Okay. You would see a lot of flexibility, but you will see me in the mornings and the nights doing those routines. Now they're full routines, not just like one habit, right? But we start with one, but that support me. So with those times of days though, whether it's morning or night, where I would encourage you to start is you want to think about how do I want to feel in the morning? What will help me show up to this season? I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel energized. I want to feel connected. And then what you do is you say, what habits would help create those feelings for me? And this helps you jump past the prescriptions because those are so entrenched in our psyches, right? That we'd be like, these are the habits I should have. But instead you're starting with like, what's my ideal of what would support me during the season. And then we break it down to a time of day and you say, what do I want to feel? Then you can more intuitively come up with, these are the habits that help me feel these things. And then we go to what's the baseline version of where you can start and where you can always fall back to of, of just one of those habits during that time of day. And here's actually, I forgot to mention this, which is so cool for a new season. We talked about the whole 21, 28, 100 day thing. When you start with baselines, you can form a habit in just a few days. You don't need to hit those bigger metrics of perfect rigidity, consistency, that kind of version. And you can also start with more than one, as long as they are small and simple enough. So you can have a, a habit you're working on for the morning to support you and a habit in the evening, or maybe at lunchtime, because that's where like, that's where you need the most support. And I feel like that's a good breakdown for them. So I don't know if you want me to recap that, but maybe I'll just do it really quick. Cast a vision of the ideal, narrow it down to a time of day. Ask yourself, how do I want to feel during that time of day? Decide a habit come up with the baseline version of it. And that's where you start. Beautiful. I could talk about this for, we're going to have to have you back on the show very I soon because <laughs> I, I feel like there's so much depth in this conversation. We covered a lot of ground. I just, you know, I, I want to ask, I just want to give you a chance 
Is there anything else that's bubbling up as we're thinking about specifically in this unique time where we're coming to a year end, yeah. we're coming to a seasonal shift for many mm-hmm. people. And it's just a time when life is full. Is there anything else that's bubbling up that you want women just to like keep in mind in general that as they're thinking and hopefully thinking in new ways about habit formation? I'll tell you the biggest transformation I've experienced is that I feel like I can show up now. I can show up for my myself, but also my roles and my responsibilities far better than I did when I was not one supporting myself with habits, but also when I was following the all or nothing perfectionistic model. The reason why my life began to change seven years ago was because I had a series of really bad moments as a mom where I realized I was not showing up in the ways that I wanted to, but it was all with such good intentions. Like I had lost myself to my roles and responsibilities in my pursuit of trying to be a good mom, which for me, that's you know the, the main role and responsibility I was carrying at that time. In my pursuit of being that kind of mom, I lost myself to it. And in the process, I was not showing up to it the way that I wanted to. And this work on leaning into progress over perfection has changed my life. And it started with beginning to better understand who I am. It actually, I didn't start with habit formation, goals, day planning, any of that. It, it actually started with just trying to figure out who am I and how can I prioritize fulfillment in my life? And if that's where you are right now, I want to give you permission to not focus on habits and goals in the new year. That came along for the ride later, only because I got to a plateau where I, I wasn't able to develop or grow as much within my identity and fulfillment because my life wasn't supporting those things as much as they needed to, right? And then that's what I became a habit person and who knew, right? But if you are back to where I was seven years ago, I want to give you full permission to make the only thing you're focusing on this year personally for yourself is to try to answer those two questions. Who am I and what matters to me and trying to make room for that, you know, in, in, even in the smallest of moments, whether it's listening to a Harry Styles song that you love while you're making dinner or bringing a dish to the work event that makes you excited and maybe nobody else will like. You know, it's the smallest of things that we can insert ourselves. And that's what I want women to do. My whole work is to help women show up because we need you. (laughs) The world needs you desperately, really, truly desperately. So have the courage to prioritize starting with knowing who you are and what matters to you so you can show up for yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I, coincidentally, I always end my podcast by asking women, What's one question women should be asking themselves more? And you're welcome to repeat if you want. That was a beautiful offering you just made. So I'm trying to figure out how do I word that as a question? Oh yeah. (laughs) The two questions, right? Yeah. Who am I? What matters to me? Get still and answer those questions if you can. And if not, there's ways to figure that out. And that's right. I invite you to my community because that's what we, we do a lot of work in. Amazing. I know that your, your podcast is fabulous. I'm sure your community is wonderful. I know my listenership would benefit from connecting with you. So please tell us where we can find more. You're listening to a podcast. So search for me in whatever podcast app you're listening in search for about progress. The whole premise is life is about progress, not perfection. And if you want to learn more about why women must do habits differently, uh, sign up for my free class. I teach on it. 
It's um, at aboutprogress.com slash habit class. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for your time. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.